What's going on, Sports Nation? Welcome to Game Breakers, the sports show where we'll be breaking down news that's relevant in the sports world. It's your host, Will. And it's your handsome host, Edwin. What's going on, everybody? What's uh, going on? You know on? what's going on? That what's lag going on? going on just now. Lag? Yeah, man. You lagged like for like a two-second thing there. Did I really? Oh, yeah, no. Like, you know, like no. a little bit, but, no. you know, I think that, that's okay, though. You know, it's nothing to... Nothing to really be too concerned the, about. The people but have to understand that we don't have the high-tech quality that, you know, some of these other producers possess that makes them sound so eloquent and so clear right. on a daily basis, you know? So, listen, guys, bear with us. We're working on it. Yeah, you know, it's called it. growing pains. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're still young. We're 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 like sophomores in the league right now. So, <laughs> Like sophomores? Yeah, sophomores, okay, third year okay. in the league. We're not rookies. But we're like sophomores, third year in the league. So give us some time. Yeah, no, I'm gonna have to agree with you. You know, you know, you gotta, you definitely have to get better. And you know, we will get better. But you know, I saw that like little lag. Yo, what's going on, bro? I mean, you know, don't give me too much inf- information because you you just be rambling because we got a lot of stuff to get into. So yo, yeah, I won't like, ramble like, this bro. time. <laughs> Wait, what, what happened? So I won't ramble this time. Actually, I'm just gonna say one thing. I'm just blessed to be alive, blessed to be waking up this morning. That's it. I'm blessed you are too. Yes, yes, yes. Now, look, let's just get straight into it because we have a Mm -hmm. lot to cover today and I don't want to waste any time. So, yo, we're going to start with the NBA, man. Now, I don't know if you've, you know, still been keeping up with the whole Ben Simmons saga that's been going on. And, you know, there's been, again, multiple reports coming out now saying that Ben Simmons is willing to risk forfeiting his $33 million this year and sit out the whole season if he's not traded by the Philadelphia 76ers. On top of that, Embiid, I guess during media day, he was asked on um, the 76ers being built around Ben Simmons. And this is what he said, and I quote, our teams have always been built around his needs. Even going back to the reason we signed uh, Al, we got rid of Jimmy, which I still think was a mistake, just to make sure he needed the ball in his hands. So, I mean, it seems mm. like Ben Simmons had enough. No, not Ben Simmons. Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid has had enough of this Ben Simmons saga. And, you know, I guess maybe that there's a narrative out there that's kind of saying that the 76ers maybe didn't give Ben Simmons, you know, the right tool to succeed, which I totally disagree with. Because why is that even being a question asked on if the 76ers built around Ben Simmons? I think that they did build around Ben Simmons. I just think that they just I just think that they didn't build around him good enough, but I think that they did try to. See, I actually am gonna agree with you, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna go the extra mile and say that they did do a good job of building around Ben Simmons, and they really did make a a, a solid effort to do so. Now, looking back at you know the previous seasons, did you know that Ben Simmons, the whole 76ers team has never made it to uh the Eastern Conference Finals since he's been there? Did you know that well? That, that that to me says a lot. But listen, well, going back, well, I mean, but wait, but hold on, bro, because they weren't there before he made before he was there too. Remember, they were trusting no, his process for about but, fifteen years, ten years. Yeah, that's fine. But I'm 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 only including the years that he was on the team with Joel Embiid, and they had at least a shot to make it. They were a consistent playoff team, and they had at least a okay. shot. All right. Now, going back to what I feel as though was the best team that they built for Ben Simmons, I'm talking about guys that they put around him, Ersan Ilyasova, JJ, JJ Redick, TJ McCollum, uh, Dario Saric, Robert Coverton, Court Maas, Marco Bellinelli, and then, you know, you add Jimmy Butler the year later. Now, these both seasons, they went 52 and 30, 
and 51 and 31. Now they lost to Boston in five, lost to Toronto next year in seven. Listen, they did a great job, in my opinion, of building around Ben Simmons. Now, what do you need around him? Shooters. And what are all those people? Shooters, right? So Joel Embiid, for me, he says the truth here. Because Jimmy Butler, even though he's an all-star, he doesn't really fit Ben Simmons. He's a guy who plays defense, who can get get his own bucket. But he's not a guy that can complement the play style of Ben Simmons. Now, getting Al Horford, that's a guy who can. A guy who's a big, has a perimeter shot. But it didn't work out in actuality. So looking back on this and looking back at how they tried to build around Ben Simmons, they did do that. They did a lot to do so in hopes of trying to accommodate for the play styles of what he wants to do in Philly. And, you know, for, for some reason, they haven't at least been able to get the, to the conference finals, which by far is a disappointment in my opinion. Oh, no, yeah, it's a huge disappointment. And again, it's like I said, I think that, yeah, I think that whoever asked that question, like, I, I don't, I mean, maybe I haven't been paying attention, but so far throughout this whole, like, saga, I haven't really seen you know, the same Sixers' mm-hmm. willingness to build around Ben Simmons as the issue here. Like, that's not the issue that I've been seeing. Like, mm-hmm. so unless, you know, that's the narrative that's now trying to be spun is that, you know, well, he wants to leave because they don't build around him. I think, as again, I said, I think that's nonsense because, again, I agree with you that they have built around him. But I do think that maybe where I think that the issue is, again, as I said the other uh, podcast, was that I think that they threw him underneath the bus this playoff like after this playoff exit and i think that that is what kind of makes him want to leave not because he doesn't think that they built around him but i remember after that hawk series you know like when they asked in doc rivers oh like you know about ben simmons and he's kind of giving like shaky answers and all that stuff and you know if you're a superstar player and if you feel that your franchise is throwing you underneath the bus that might make you feel some kind of way now look you must have to be rich as hell which ben simmons is to be willing to forfeit 30, 33 million. Because for $33 million, I'm going into work. I'm not going to hold you. I don't care what the problem is. I'm going to be at work. Mm. <laughs> but but I, I guess no, it's, it's like the me. principle of the yeah. situation, which is what Ben Simmons is, is um looking at. But yeah, I definitely do agree that uh, with M- with Embiid here, I think that the Saints Sixers, they did do a good job of building around Ben Simmons. It just hasn't materialized when it really mattered in the playoffs. And I guess you, you can put some blame on Ben Simmons, but it's also a team sport as well. So you have to put some blame everywhere. You know, you also have to put some blame on Embiid for, you know, not really being able to stay healthy throughout, you know, their tenure together. You know, you uh, could also blame it on um, hmm. this guy. I'm, I'm drawing a blank here, but, you know, in terms of when it comes to Embiid, he's a guy that's rarely fit. Like, let's be real here. And Embiid's not, I mean, he, he, he does play most games, but, you know, there's a lot of games that he has to miss or he has to sit out and stuff like that. You can also say that that could negatively impact the team because then that could, you know, uh, stall uh, him and Ben Simmons' chemistry. You can say that. So, I mean, I think there's, like, a bunch of factors in here to play, but I definitely don't agree if the reporter was trying to say that the same Sixers maybe didn't build around Ben Simmons. How do you feel about Joel Embiid's comments regarding Ben Simmons and what he said about the whole organization building around him? Do you have any problem with that? Because I don't No. No, I mean. It's the truth. Yeah, and I like that. I do like that, you know, Joel Embiid spoke the truth instead of saying, oh, we'll keep that in-house. You know, I, I like when mm-hmm. players give their honest opinions. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, Ben Simmons, again, I, I'm and I'm not trying to be biased, but, you know, Ben Simmons is one of – well, he's my favorite point guard. So I'm not going to be biased here. But I think that, you know, I think that how he's acting is childish. 
I think that it's, you know, pretty effed up how he didn't want to meet with his teammates. You know, the same Sixers, like some players were willing to fly to L.A. to try to talk to Ben Simmons. And then reports came out that he didn't want to meet with them. I mean, Mm -hmm. we don't know if if that's true because it's all reports. But it's just not a good look. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't really like the way that he's moving right now. And I like that Embiid came out and basically kind of criticized. Not He didn't criticize Ben Simmons. But it's kind of more so on, like, the narrative of we didn't do what we could for him is BS, which I agree that it is. It is. It is. Like, yo, if you, like, really, like, look at it, liken the 76ers to the Baltimore Ravens. You know how the Baltimore Ravens, they got Lamar Jackson, changed Mm -hmm. their entire offense, the Mm -hmm. entire offense to uh, tailor towards Lamar Jackson because they went from Joe Flacco the year before Mm -hmm. to Lamar Jackson. And then now you see how their offense – they do well in the post, I mean, in the regular season, but then come postseason, this is now where they struggle. Not really a so, factor. So, kind of like, say it again. So, they're not really a factor anymore because they're one dimensional. Exactly. So, it's kind of like point. the 76ers in a way where, you know, you get Ben Simmons, you kind of tailor your offense and your team towards him, then you do good in the regular season, but they come playoffs, you fall flat. It's, it's, it's literally like the Baltimore Ravens kind of situation here. Mm. So, mm. Yeah, no, I definitely do think that Ben Simmons has been given the tools to succeed, but it just hasn't worked out. And I think it is time to move on. I think that, that relationship is over. Like you, like you cannot bring Ben Simmons back. And I don't even think that the 76ers should even want Ben Simmons to come back, even though he doesn't want to come back. I don't think they should have expected him to come back. And they have to try to find a trade as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I definitely agree with all those points. And I think the reason why MB says this is because he pretty much knows in his heart that Ben Simmons is not going to be on this team come – uh, during, throughout the season and this is where I don't have a problem with him saying these such comments because listen man you could be all for the likes of oh our teammate I want to stick up for my teammate I want to say that it's going to work out Doc saying a couple of days ago that we can win with Ben Simmons that's all fine and everything but when he's having these speculations regarding him not being on the team anymore and or either or the player is not on the team I feel like that's a perfect opportunity for a teammate or a coach to let out the truth of what actually went down. Because listen, we don't really know what a player or a coach may think of a other player until he leaves that team. And coming from Embiid, you know, he knows it. Ben Simmons knows it himself. The general manager, the players, they know it too, that they did enough to build around Ben Simmons. So I like yeah, this comment just, by Embiid. Yeah, well, yeah, but you know, it's like I said, though, I doubt that Ben Simmons is even saying that they didn't try to give him all the tools to succeed there. I highly I know, doubt that. Because, I know. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. yeah I, I like, I like the truthfulness to Embiid. That's all I'm saying. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as I said, I don't think anybody was trying to spin that narrative and, you know, not even, you know, woes, not even, and you know, shams, not the big beat writers were trying to spin that narrative that Ben Simmons feels that, you know, they didn't build around him. I just think it's just the fact, as I said, I think it's because of what happened after they exited the playoffs when it was asked, you know, did you guys lose because of Ben Simmons or, you know, does Ben Simmons lack of offense affect the team? And like, they really were not helping Ben Simmons out as soon as they lost. So to me, I thought that kind of weird. And I, I kind of get where Ben Simmons is uh, coming from. But in my opinion, I think that he should have used that as motivation to get better instead of wanting out. Mm. Because how are you mad at the team or at the 76ers or organization because you're scared to dunk the ball or you're scared to go Shoot attack on offense? Mm-hmm. Like, how are you mad at, at them? Like, you're the one that passed out of that open dunk. No, Like, so you're and- mad at Doc. So, like, you're mad at Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers because you don't want to attack anymore because you were scared mm-hmm. of getting fouled. Mm-hmm. Like. I don't understand that. So to me, 
that's like if, like, for example, that's like if I give you my car to drive, right? And you crash my car. Now you're mad at me. It's like, how, how are you mad at me because you crashed my car? It's like, it doesn't make any sense. So I think Ben Simmons should have just used this as motivation to work on his game. I mean, we can't say work on his shooting anymore because at this point, he is what he is. Look, Ben Simmons has been in the NBA about four or five years. His shooting has been a problem since, since high school, college, and in his pros. If his shot's not down pack yet, it's not going to be down pack because what else does he have to work on in the offseason but his shooting? He's he's good everywhere else but throws and shooting. At least work on your mid-range. I don't know what the hell these NBA players that can't shoot free throws, that can't shoot. What do you do all offseason? Shooting still be worked on, but that's not the story. But um, how? But if it doesn't get better, then you clearly aren't working <laughs> on it. Like, there's no way that you're telling me Ben Simmons has worked on his shooting for four off seasons and it's still like this. There's no way. And if he has, then that's, then we just have to accept that this is what he is. Because there's no way you, you can work on something for four to five years, even since high, even since high school and college, and not get better at it. That's the no. that's the point of practicing. Is practice makes perfect, right? Yeah, that's that's definitely true. But sometimes so if you can't shoot by route, now. No, 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 no. Shoot by now. Like that's like like okay, that's like Giannis. Some, Giannis, okay. Giannis is clearly a player who's been working on his shot, and he's benefited from that because he's hitting a little bit. You know, like he's still not effective from the three, but he's he's willing to take those shots. And if he takes seven, he'll hit about two or maybe one. And that's good for what he used to do. But now what he needs to work on is that damn free throws. He's been working on on his free throws for like four or five years now. How is it still like this? That's what I don't understand. If I was an NBA player, I would have no flaws. Because every offseason, I'd work 24-7 on what, you know, I need to get better at. I don't think it is. There's no way that you would not see any progress. Way easier said than done, bro. Easier said than done. Way easier said than done. No, no, I get it. But what I'm saying is... You have access to the best trainers, to the best coaches in the world. How are you not? How is Ben Simmons not improving from from the free throw line? How is he not improving from mid range? How? That's because so, some that's players go the route of perfecting their game, which doesn't include other aspects. You know, like yeah, I know. Example. So while I, I know. So that, that could be a reason as to why he's not shooting well because he doesn't really practice that. Yeah, I know. And that's what I said. I said, I think it's too late to even say that he needs to work on, on his uh, shooting. Because if he had, because as I said, if he had been doing that the past five seasons, he's not going to start doing that now. He's not. Like, because that should have been it, one of the it, main it, things he, he's been working on. At least free throws. Because if you're a player that's going to be driving and getting a, a lot of contact, you're going to take a lot of free throws. Why the hell aren't you better at free throws? Like, so this is my problem, is what are you working on in the offseason? Like, you have to work on at least your free throws because you're a player that gets fouled a lot. You're, like, you're driving, you're dunking, you're going to get fouled. You're going to be at the free throw line. So if you can't shoot free throws and if mentally you're too scared to go to the free throw line, you're basically useless on the offensive side of the, of the ball. Yeah, which he and was. you can't have a player out time. there that's running your team and he can't score or shoot free throws. To me, that's unacceptable. There's, there's no excuses for Ben Simmons. It's none. Mm. Well... We, we saw this playoff time, and going back to the whole questions that Doc Rivers was asked by the reporters, you have to be expected to be asked these kind of questions considering how he's been playing uh, throughout the series against Atlanta, for example. Uh, but I, I feel like Doc Rivers could have gave much better answers. That would have exactly. eventually led to a better situation ultimately Agreed. up until now, you know. So 
uh, even though he's struggling, you still have to protect the player. That's that's your Especially guy. Especially as a superstar player, like yes. you know, Ben Simmons isn't just no regular, exactly. you know, seventh, eighth man on like your bench. Protect this is your man. A, like this is a guy that you just gave a max to last season, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. So you definitely have to, you know, tread with more caution because now you have a big headache like this. Mm. Now. The thing confusing me is whether they're going to be looking to be getting back another star player for him or if they're going to just accept that they might have to just take some young talent and maybe move and and beat on as well because you can't have Embiid there for another rebuild. It just would not work. Now, look, another player that, you know, again, remember when Stephen A. Smith was like, yo, if Kyrie Irving does not get the vaccine, trade him for Ben Simmons maybe? Mm -hmm. Because in, you know, New York, you know, in uh, Los Angeles, I think, no, I think in California, period, just in different, you know, states, there are now COVID uh, mandates where if you yeah. don't have the vaccine, a few NBA players that don't have it won't be able to play home games. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I want to actually read what this statement says just really quickly. It says, Justin, the NBA is going to hold pay for unvaccinated players who miss games due to local vaccine mandates. Now, we know that this has been a big topic just in the world in general, whether, you know, take the vaccine, don't take the vaccine. I personally don't see why this topic is so like such a big deal. I, I think that it's wrong to force people to take it. You know, I, I think it should be everybody's choice. And whether you have the vaccine or not, it really shouldn't be anybody else's business. But I feel like forcing people to take the vaccine, I think that's where I kind of have the issue. But I get what the NBA is trying to do. But I think as long as these players, I think if you don't want to take the vaccine, then if you still plan on playing in the NBA, then you have to get tested twice a week. You have to come back with two negative tests and, you know, just move like that. Because if they don't test positive, then what's the issue? Mm, nah, that all does not matter. It, it, you know, please <laughs> It, it, it all depends on what the NBA says and what the rules and regulations are. So if they say get vaccinated, then yes, it's everybody's choice. On what well, I mean, the NBA didn't say get vaccinated. The NBA is not forcing players to get vaccinated. I'm saying, saying, I'm saying if they state. were to say get oh, okay. vaccinated, then it, obviously it would be everyone's choice to get vaccinated. But if they don't get there, vaccinated, there wouldn't be a choice, though. If the NBA is telling you to get vaccinated, then you don't have a choice. That's not a choice. No, that's you still you have a choice. Do it. If you want to play games, or not you. You still have a choice. Listen, Bro, you, you can't, have a choice. Like, that's as, like... as players, as 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 men first, they have a choice on whether or not they want to do this. Now that choice can hinder them playing basketball in the future, but it's still their choice. You know hey, exactly. Okay, so next question. Let me say. So that's like, let's say, like if you're against the vaccine, right? And let's say I'm vaccine. Yeah, like let's say like you are right, mm-hmm. and let's say you know you're getting a, a, a new job. But let's say that, so let's say that like this job is the job that you always work, like that, like you like worked hard for, you know, mm-hmm. that only it's a rare opportunity. You can make millions from it, but mm-hmm. you don't want to take the vaccine. But then the job says we can only hire you if you're vaccinated. That's not really leaving you with much of a choice because you don't have a choice but to take it because you need this job. Uh, well, need and want you. I mean, you, you described the situation where I, I want the job, not need it. So, no, but well, I mean, okay. <laughs> I'm just saying it's fine definitions here. Like you say, it's my job that I wanted for so long, but I don't really yeah. need it. But you can say I need it, yes, you can say I need it, but I want it though. So that's where yeah. I would, let's say like okay, okay, but but again, it's like I said with like the NBA player. It's like it's like a job that you like worked your whole life to get, and you get the job, but now they're saying so that if you're not mm-hmm. vaccinated and you really feel strongly against the vaccine, 
then, you know, if you don't get vaccinated, you can't get the job. Like, what choice does that leave you but to get the vaccine? Some some of these guys already made their millions anyway. I'm sure Kyrie's already made his millions. So whether or not he were to play another game in the NBA, he would still be fine, I'm assuming, for the rest of his life. Um, But it all comes down to do you care enough about your job as it is playing basketball, and do you care about your teammates' success and your team success? You know, because playing half of the games uh, for the start of next season – of this upcoming season is not ideal enough for my him thing is, to play my and, thing is, and move up in the in the seedings. What's your thing? But if you okay, and I, I well, one, I think that I, I don't expect um these players that aren't vaccinated to miss home games unless they test positive for COVID. I think that like something's gonna happen, like where like where they're gonna be exempt because you you know how like you remember like when COVID first became a thing but athletes kind of were still allowed to travel and stuff because of mm-hmm. I forgot what it was called, but you remember that, right? Like how mm-hmm. everybody else locked down. But then when it's like, was time for games, players had like a COVID exception, something like you remember with soccer and it was locked down, but the player was still able to travel yes. and it was like an yeah. athlete yeah. thing, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. I think, I think that they'll end up doing something like that because the organizations aren't going to allow for players such as let's say like a Kyrie, to be able to miss mm-hmm. half the home games. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, I just think that they need him too much. So I feel like if this was like, let's say, who's the guy on the Orlando Magic? Jonathan Isaac, right? Mm-hmm. Let's be real. That guy's a bum, right? Like, he's an average player. He's a bust. He was a top 10 pick. He hasn't done anything so far in his uh, career. He's been in the NBA for like four or five seasons, been traded, whatnot. Okay. So him, so, so, like, so like somebody like him, I think he would have to take the vaccine because you're expandable. You get like what I'm trying to say? Like you can just be moving. Certain on. teams, maybe not. Just but saying. a player just like Kyrie Irving, where you're like a superstar, you're one of the best at your position. I feel like there's always gonna be, you know, exceptions for players that are not the exception. If you get like what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but like they can't go above the the state mandate, so it wouldn't really matter anyway. You know, like the NBA is just saying that if if you guys can't play be due to the state mandate, then we're not gonna play. We're not gonna pay you. Simple as. So why why are we paying you for games that you're going to sit out due to you not following the state's requirements? Not the NBA, the state's requirements. That's the issue here. So, you know, and going back to your Jonathan Isaac point, listen, for some people who may say he's a bum, he may be a bum in their eyes or your eyes, maybe my eyes too, but for some organizations such as the Orlando Magic, he's an important part to their, their piece. Yeah, but he's expandable. Like, nobody's going to go complain because Jonathan Isaac is missing games like how they would. Some people in Orlando may. Some people in Orlando may. The guy doesn't even start. What are you talking about? Like, like he's as I said, he's expandable. Of course, he's important to his team. That's why he signed there. They're paying him millions because they find him important. But what I'm saying is that he's not on, like, the level where, like, the – like where the awareness or, like, if there's even, like, a protest Mm -hmm. would be made for Jonathan Isaac. That's what I'm trying to say. The point is, point is, I I think that if Kyrie cares enough about his team success, I know he wants to, you know, put his health. Clearly, he cares about the team fine. success. But I don't get why people keep bringing up the team success. He's just worried about taking a shot or something that you don't know yeah. how it's gonna affect your your body. I mean, yeah, like that's like that's, that's the real that issue. Is fine, but that is all fine by all the players who want to go by that judgment. That is fine, but if if they can't be upset. If they aren't paid for the games that they're not playing, if you know, like it, that's just the rules that comes with it, to be honest. So you have to take that into consideration. So you can make your decision, but know that these are the consequences that you face in the future if you don't take the shot. That's, I think that's a fair trade off. 
but again, you also are being forced to take it. Well, you're not being forced to take it. You are being forced to take it. <laughs> you're, you're being highly, highly influenced and recommended to take in it. In New York, you can't do anything without the vaccine. You basically, you cannot live in New York if you are if you are not vaccinated. Like, you're you are right. forced to So take either it. Kyrie doesn't travel there? Forced to take it. So, I mean, either, sorry, either he doesn't, either he, he does nothing in New York or he takes a vaccine. It's still his choice. But, oh, bro, you, you're not making no sense. Like, you're not making no sense. Like, you're saying it's still your choice when it's not if it's affecting your way of life. If, if you can't live life how you're used to living life, you don't have a choice. Like, you have to take it. If you can't grocery stores without it, so what you saying? Oh, well, then, you know, it's your choice to starve. Like, you don't have a choice. You have it to take it. To okay. <laughs> it is. It is. It really is. If we're coming down to it, it really is. So for Kyrie, like, like you're saying, you can't do anything in New York. If he chooses if he chooses to live that lifestyle on whether or not he wants to do nothing for the rest of his NBA career due to him not taking the vaccine, then so be it. But he has to realize that this is the situation that I'm in if I'm not going to take the vaccine. It's simple as. Okay, but what I'm saying is that you're saying that it's his choice when it's not, if it literally affects your livelihood. Like, you know, it's not they're saying, you know what, if you don't get the vaccine, then you can't, you know, you know, then you could still, you know, live your regular day-to-day life, but you just can't play in the NBA. It's you can't do your job, you can't go to the grocery store, you can't do this. So it's not leaving you much of a choice. And and you know, I know that we're talking about it from the NBA point of view because there are other players who also uh, have are spoken out against the vaccine, such as like Michael Porter Jr. Mm. and stuff like that. But I think that Kyrie just gets the main focus just because of how big of a star he is. So I guess more people just focus on him because you know that's the name that get you more clicks on I guess like your articles or on ESPN, the YouTube channels and stuff like that. But there are a lot of other players that are good that are kind of against the vaccine as well. So we we'll have to see what happens. I, I personally oh, yeah, don't think that Kyrie will miss any games. I don't think Jonathan Isaac will miss any games. I don't think Michael Porter will miss any games. I don't know if Denver, if, if they even have like a state, like, you know, mandate. But like New York, they do. But I don't think that like – so Kyrie, I'll say for Kyrie because I don't know about the other states. But, you know, we kind of live next to New York City. So we can kind of more so speak on that. But – yeah, I don't think that Kyrie's going to miss any games, honestly. I, I don't. Well, I mean, no, he definitely will because the guy can never stay healthy throughout the whole season. So he'll miss some games, but I don't think he'll miss games for COVID reasons unless he tests positive. But, That's like, they man. always, make, they always make an exception. They Like, like you know, because the world's not fair. So, like, where me and you, like, where it's like, so, for example, so, like, for me and you, like, if we don't get the vaccine – or, like, if you don't want to comply or whatever it is, anything, then, like, we're screwed. Because in the retrospect of the world, we're nobody. You know what I'm trying to say? But mm. but there are always exceptions for people who are either rich or famous. Like, they, they always get some kind of pass. So I definitely expect something to happen where these NBA players are going to still be able to play vaccinated or not. Unless oh, they I have wonder. COVID. I, I wonder if Kyrie is one of those people where he he Google's and researches everything that's inside the vaccine. I wonder if he is because if he is, then fair to him. But I know he's not doing that. I well, just, I mean, I have a, I have a feeling. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I think that like like what do they call those people that don't want the vaccine? Like the anti-vaxxers. I think if you're an anti-vaxxer, then you probably definitely have Googled everything that's in it because you're trying to find ways to justify you we not wanting that. to edit. Hmm? We, we don't know that. We don't know that. Well, it no, could be anything. Course. Well, well, of course not. Wait, what? You don't know what? I'm saying that. We, I mean, they probably are, but they probably aren't either. I'm just well, saying. Well, yeah, it, because. 
Oh yeah, no, of course. I don't think everybody that that's a that's really against the vaccine yeah, is they just have idiotic reasons as to why they don't want to take it. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, okay. So okay. So you remember how when the vaccine first came out, how I was against it, right? Yes. Aren't remember? you against it? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I actually did go get it. Moderna. So I'm I'm vaccinated now, but I was against it at first, right? Okay. And that's because. I, you know, it wasn't FDA approved, etc. So I'm like, yeah, you know, we just wait it out. And you know, COVID, it only kills it like you have like a 90% chance of survival. So you have a higher chance dying driving your car. So to me, I didn't think it was necessary to take it at the time. Cause I'm just like, eh, if you get it, you're most like it's sad that people are gonna die from it though. You know, like let's not get that confused. But in my opinion, it was more so like, yeah, like we could just wait it out, kind of, you know, like let's see. How it's going and stuff like that. Okay. So, so you know, it's not that I was against it. I just didn't want to be one of the first people to take it. Th- that was more so my but thing. You, you um, had like, the mindset of taking it in the future, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you yeah, would say I that, mean, right? Look, yeah, but look, I don't that, think Harry does. But I mean, <laughs> but that's how these NBA players could be. I mean, but you don't know that though, because it, okay, okay, you're right. Okay, look, we don't. It, know it's that. kind of like. It's kind of like, you know, because a lot of these people, like, you see like what they say, that, that they feel like it was rushed and that it was made super fast, et cetera, et cetera. And now there's, like, you know, that there's um, reports that Moderna, you know, have, uh, you know, like, that their vaccine has um, been linked to rare heart diseases in uh, people the uh, age of 18 to 24. So it's like a whole bunch of reports, conflicting reports, like, you know, saying it's good. Then on the other side, there's other reports saying, you know, that there's that. that Huh? No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. Oh, oh yeah, no, we're just saying that you know it's just conflicting reports on that. You know, on one side they're saying that take the vaccine, it's it's good for you. Then mm. you know CNN or something to post an article saying, oh, you know, COVID vaccine, you know, like maybe LinkedIn to blah blah blah, which is bad. And so now it's kind of like, damn. So I think people are just more so like, we'll wait because you don't know what the long term effects are. Like you don't know. Like it's kind of like when cigarettes first came around. And remember how everybody remember cigarettes wasn't you know like was an acceptable thing to do. They were promoting you know smoking cigarettes. Everybody smoked cigarettes. And yeah. now years later, cigarettes you know people remember in like the fifties like schools had smoking areas for kids. You could just go smoke your cigarettes, etc. Because mm. it was viewed as the norm, and they didn't know that it have any long term health effects. Fast forward like twenty you know fifteen twenty years. Now these people got you know like cancer and stuff. So that's what I think. I just, I just, I just think it's just more so people just want to wait it out, basically. Okay. And I think it should be their choice. I don't think that you should force them to do it by taking away their livelihood. That I agree with. Yes. But the rules are, are the rules, though. Rules are the rules. So you gotta do what you gotta do. So, I mean, you know, whether he can't get paid or not, if he, if it ends up staying that way, then look. I mean, I guess it was your choice. So you gotta do what you gotta do, bro. Now, yo, look. Let's move on to the to the NFL. Let's get on to the Bengals and Jaguars. Last night, Thursday night football, <laughs> fantastic game last night. Um, yeah. What I tell you? What I tell what? you? What I tell you? Just just continue. Just continue. 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 A pretty good back and forth game between the Bengals and Jags. And yeah, go ahead. What you tell me? So first off, Will thought this would be a blowout. He was definitely wrong. <laughs> Once again, I mean, I you said, didn't tell that it wouldn't. No, I I no no. no I said it would win by at least two, two touchdowns, which didn't happen. And, yes, and, and that's what I said. You said it would be a blowout. Yeah, I said I think that the Bengals will win by more than two touchdowns. More? I said okay. I said two. T- okay, so I, I okay. Whatever, whatever. Either way, <laughs> yeah. Like and I was 
No, more than two touchdowns is different than two touchdowns, which is why I, I was going to say, are you saying two touchdowns or more, or are you saying more than two touchdowns? Oh, my anyway, God. Yeah. You know, and I also did say that Trevor Lawrence would play his best game as a Jaguar so far this season, which he did. Once again, I was right. 17 of 24, 204 yards. This guy made plays both on the air and on the ground, and all that was without his top receiver or his top target, uh, DJ Chark, who was injured and harder off the field with an ankle injury. But listen, man, I think that the Jaguars controlled the whole entire game up until the fourth quarter where pretty much the Bengals just caught fire in the second half and they scored on every possession that they had. <laughs> Joe Burrow was unstoppable in the second half after starting off so slow in the first. And you know, well, the biggest difference, I'm sure you agree with me here too, the biggest difference in that game was the goal line stop right before halftime. If Trevor Lawrence scores that, it's 21-0 going to half, but the Bengals' defense makes a great play. It's 14 nothing going to halftime, and they essentially come back into the game. Now, I, I think that C.J. Uzama played a great role into how they won last night, two touchdown passes. So if you have in a fantasy league, listen. <laughs> nah, don't, pick him up. Don't, don't pick him up. Don't, don't pick him up, up. yet? <laughs> don't overreact for one game. C.J. Yeah, Uzama, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a reason that he's that he's available in, in 99% of uh, football yes, leagues for fantasy yes, football. Yes, yes, I definitely agree. I mean, look, there are going to be some people that might go try to go get him. You know, good luck with that. There's too many weapons uh, for Joe Burrow to pass to for him to be mm – -hmm kind of getting this kind of output every game. I think that Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd are still his two options, his yes. two first options. But, guys, why did I tell you? I literally called this. I said, oh, Edwin's, yeah. I said, watch, Edwin's going to say he told me so if Trevor Lawrence has a decent game. Because it's not decent. He's played, it's the best game. He's played, he's played garbage all season. So, of oh, course, you saying he's going to do better <laughs> than throwing two picks the week before. Of course, he's probably – of course, his chances of doing better is way higher. No. So, of course, like, no. like I told you, Edwin be saying the obvious stuff just to tell me he told me so. Literally. <laughs> no, well, there's a difference between playing better than you did the week before and playing your best game so far this season. That's a big his difference. His best game was still average. No, it wasn't. He had a very average game. 17 what? for 24. Oh. Hold on. 17 for 24. Most of those were intermediate passes. Nothing really down the field. And no nothing touchdowns. Out, nothing down the field. No, no. No. Didn't really throw that much down the field. What? Are you serious? A big lie. A big lie. How many throws he had at 20 yards? Would, would, you be, would you be able to find that out? Let me see. I'll find out why you go ahead. Ah, yeah. Anyways, look, Trevor Lawrence had an average game, which was his best game, because that's how bad he's been this season. So you predicting every week that Trevor Lawrence is going to, you know, be good, then of course one week is going to have to come true because he's been that bad. So 17 for 24, 204 yards, no touchdown passes, but no interceptions, which this is his first game. He has not thrown an interception. And he also did add one scoring touchdown um, on the ground. He had mm -hmm. eight carries for 36 yards. And look, he looked decent. But let's not act like Trevor Lawrence has arrived. I'm still not convinced about how he's looked so far this year. And this game changes nothing because this doesn't tell me any, anything that I didn't know. We already knew that Trevor Lawrence is a bit mobile. We've seen him do that in college. So him going for 36 yards and one goal line touchdown run, that's not really surprising me. Now, so, again, the Jaguars defense, <laughs> what I can say is that the Jaguars defense here that's the reason that they lost this game because on the offensive side, I think that they did as well as 
they possibly could have, especially Trevor Lawrence didn't lose them the game this year, uh, well, this week, because he didn't throw any interceptions. So I think that the Bengals just came out that second half. The Bengals came out on fire. They went three for three. They scored their first three drives, and then they tied the game up back and forth. And then, you know, the walk-off field goal at the end. Uh, I guess you could say a quiet game for Jamar Chase, no touchdown, but he did go for 77 yards, and he's still, you know, impressive. I think that he definitely is in the rookie of the year conversation for offense mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. terms of the early season. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, the season's not done. There's much more football to be played, but this guy is looking like a top 15 receiver right now. Obviously, I'm not going to put him in, in there right now because it's only been four weeks. I don't but he's looking like it, yes. Yeah, but he's looking like he can have definitely a claim here. Joe Burrow had a – now, Joe Burrow, that is a good game, okay? 25 oh, for 32, gosh. 348 passing yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. That's a good game. Trevor Lawrence had a average game, okay? As I told you, since we since we doing the I told you so, you said that you would have <laughs> gave the game ball to Trevor Lawrence. And maybe you might have been right if they would have won that game because he didn't do anything I wrong. I still give it to him. Over Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow, had to he, he passed more because he was down by 14 at halftime. They had to go off the running game, and they had to pass more to get them back into the game. In actuality, Trevor Lawrence did complete a pass uh, to LaVisca Chenault, if you are forgetting, the 52-yard bomb that set up the, the go-ahead, well, not the go-ahead, but the, the down play that they had right before the halftime. So, yes, he did throw down the field. Actually, 40-plus yards, if you want to be honest. Stop trying oh, to okay, okay, so, okay, so you're saying that 50 of 204 of his yards came from one pass. Uh, basically, yes. Okay, is that, is that a problem? Okay, as as problem? I said, he didn't throw down the field that much. One pass does not mean that he threw down the field often. Like that's one pass. He, he and threw he the threw ball another twenty yard pass. Too. He threw the ball twenty four times. But why is it? Wait, hold on. Why does it matter if he throws down the field? That could be the execution that they're running for their offensive game plan. So why does it matter if he's chucking the ball down the field? Did we ever give? Uh, stick to the Patriots for throwing down the field, or did we give them credit for running short passes to move the chains and get a touchdown pass or touchdown I, I gave them stick run? For that, actually, huh? I I gave them stick for that actually. Oh well, it was effective and it worked. So I don't understand. And last night was effective and it worked too. So I don't understand why we're, we're giving him stick for not throwing the ball down the field. Oh no, no, no. The reason that I'm giving him stick is because you're acting like Trevor Lawrence had like a good game. He didn't. He, he had did. an average game. He didn't have a good game. How, how is that a good game? How, how is it a good game? No touchdowns. No, no, no passing touchdowns. Now he watched the game last night. He was efficient. He looked really nice in the pocket. He was able to scramble and make plays as well as yeah, he, I'd be he had a rushing touchdown. If I was throwing for most passes that are less than 15 yards, obviously any quarterback will be efficient doing short passes most of their passes. Of course. Why do you think that Teddy Bridgewater that- is so damn efficient? Teddy Bridgewater is not stretching the field like that. That's dependent ah, on the, the defense, sir. Hmm? I said that. I think that's the, dependent on the defense because defenses can make a, a game plan to take away uh, shorter yardage uh, throws and make you beat them deep. But nah, generally know, that not. That wasn't though. the uh, Generally not. Generally, generally you give the short throws because you don't want to give up the big plays. So it's so so it's kind of like a pick depending your poison kind of thing. Depending on what quarterback you have, you you would want you would want him to, to take a, a deep throw. If we're talking about a guy like Philip Rivers here, or yeah, you know, but like, guys who have shorter arms, putting, you want them. But to, if you're putting, the ball deep. but if you're putting the emphasis on, you know, so let's say like if you're playing the Patriots, you know, Mac Jones is not touching that field. So, but if you're putting the emphasis mm-hmm. on, 
Oh, he's, he can. can. He's he's done it in college, so he can. Yeah, this is the NFL now. So, and but, you so know, he also had Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle in college. No, I'm not denying so, the talent he had, but so, he still can't yeah. do it. He has the arm to do well, it. I mean, look, any any quarterback can stretch the field, bro. Like, like there's not one quarterback who can't throw a deep ball. I, I mean, like, if you're an NFL quarterback, not and, consistently, and throw, there are some that can't do it consistently. Okay, but what I'm saying is that by you effectively trying to just stop the short passing options, you're leaving yourself susceptible to the deep passing options. And the deep passing options have more of a chance to put you in field goal range or put you or go for a big touchdown. Whereas the short passing, you like you kind of have to slowly build your way up there where they can still get a stop or not. But giving up the big plays, that usually means that you're going to be giving up some kind of points, whether it's a field goal or touchdown. So to me, it's kind of like a pick your poison kind of thing. It's like, would you rather them slowly work their way up the field or would you want to give up, you know, like one 50 yard pass or something like that, where now that kind of changes momentum. That's how I I think about it. But yeah, I I think, look, as again, Trevor Lawrence had a decent game. I think that was his best game and it was Uh. decent. He didn't like, he didn't impress Really, I mean, like, what did Trevor Lawrence show you that you didn't know that he can do already? No, I, I he didn't show me anything that I, I didn't know, but he hasn't been doing it because of the early season season struggles. Um, maybe the play calling, the fact that his receivers are not getting open. This there could be multiple components, offensive line. But last night, I gave him credit because listen, all that went out the window, and he played relatively good enough for them to definitely win the game. And listen, he's been doing this without a running game, too. Like, let me just say this. James Robinson last night, 18 carries. But week one, five carries. Week two, 11 carries. Week three, 15 carries. Daryl Beverell, I don't get what you're doing as an offensive coordinator, but you got to give this guy more carries. You know, what's what's the best thing for a rookie quarterback? A running game. And Travis Etienne is not even on the field right now. So for him to not be on the field and still not give a guy who who rushed for 1,000 yards last season enough carries to help out Trevor Lawrence and take off some pressure is insane to me. I mean, but he did. I mean, he look, he had. I think that that's what made the Jaguars so successful yesterday was because they decided to run the ball. Yeah. Like, that's finally, what I think did it for them. Finally. Was, yeah, it was them running the ball because, you know, James Robinson, 18 carries, 70 something yards, and two touchdowns. So I think that that is what benefited Trevor Lawrence a lot. I agree. And, and we both did pick uh, the Bengals to win. This is starting off week four's matchups, which we are going to get into. <laughs> Right now, ah. now, come next Monday, I will have the tallies tallied up for you guys so that you guys can exactly know, you know, what exactly is the point difference here because I have to uh, go through the count. I think I'm only beating Edwin one, so hopefully, we can keep this going. Mm. Now, yo, we're gonna start off Titans versus the Jets. I'm already, I'm not gonna even talk too much about this game. Uh, I'm gonna let you talk about it, but I'm going with the Titans, just okay. I'm, so I'm going with the Titans too, but I, I do think that once again. Uh, I expect Zach Wilson, just like Trevor Lawrence, to have a much better game. Not because of him being playing better, but he's going to have his best game of the season, I'm predicting, because the Titans defense is a little bit suspect, in my opinion, and I think there's some opportunities there to get some big plays down the field. So I'm going with the Titans, but it should be a much more enjoyable game to watch from my end. So let me ask you a question. Are you going to just keep predicting these guys to have much better games? So so if Zach Wilson has a bad game of the season, his best so game of Zach, the season. So, okay, so if Zach Wilson has a bad game this week, next week you're gonna say the same thing. No, I'm not because and next week. Say, oh, and actually, next say, week he's gonna have a better. He's gonna. Yeah, he's gonna have similar game plans. And, and then you'll no, I know, I, I know. But the point that I'm trying to make is, if Zach Wilson plays terrible this week, next week you're you're gonna say, I think he'll have 
a much better game. You know, one of the no, best games of his uh, season. And no, then when he finally plays decent, because Zach Wilson's been pretty bad. When he finally plays decent, then you're going to say, well, I, I told you so. You, I like, no, yo, you just, that's not what so I'm saying. Good. That's not what I'm oh. saying here. Like, what are you talking oh, about? God. Will, William, listen. When you asked me about Zach Wilson playing against the Denver Williams? Broncos, right? And I said, is? yes, he will play much better because he can't mm-hmm. play any worse than what he played against the Patriots. The four interceptions, I get that. But he's not going to play good because of the good defense that the, the Broncos have at their disposal. Now, when it comes to the Titans or the Falcons next two weeks, he's going to play much better, yes, but I think he's going to have efficient game uh, mm-hmm. production because of the defenses that he's playing next week. So, listen. Okay. Okay. All right. Fine. Fine. All right. Let's, let's move it on. Uh, division matchup: Lions versus the Bears. I think that we might differ here because I'm going with the Lions. I think that the Lions are finally going to get their first win. Um, the Bears' offensive line has looked terrible, and I just don't know who's going to be the Bears' starting quarterback because they said that there's three quarterbacks right now that could start this week for mm-hmm. the Lions. I mean, for the Bears. So it's not guaranteed to be Justin Fields or Andy Dalton. I don't even know who that. Oh, Nick Foles. Yeah. So give me the Lions here. The Lions have been a team even though they're 0 three they've kind of been overperforming in my opinion they played all games really tough and they show that they're like they're playing like they're trying to compete for something this year they're not but they are fighting for their coach that like that always is clicking and yeah i'm gonna go with the lions here i think that might be an upset but i think that the lions will get the dub yes the lions are definitely playing as, as a, a great representation of who dan campbell is but i'm going with the lions too here i'm not gonna pick the bears oh, because what? i feel like i did not see yeah. this coming yeah, okay, yeah, okay. because I feel like the Lions, they're playing hard. The Bears, they don't really know what they want on offense. Matt Nagy, he has, has, he has no identity as of right now, in my opinion. And depending on who starts, whether he's it be a, Justin Fields. He's a terrible they, yeah, he is. He is. He should be fired. But the Bears will have a much better chance to win the game if Nick Foles starts, in my opinion. But I'm going to the Lions ultimately. Now, let's move on to the Colts versus the Dolphins. Now, this is a team, look. Both teams underperforming, I guess you can say, especially mm-hmm. with the Dolphins. They did play a good game last week in Vegas against the Raiders. Overtime loss. No Tua. Jacoby Brissett is now under center for the time being. But I'm going to have to go with the Colts. You know, I'm not really a believer in when teams have to play their second-choice quarterback. And from my knowledge, I think that Carson Wentz is healthy. So, well, not healthy, but that he's going to be playing. So, I'm going to have to go with the Colts here. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the Colts here, too. I think they get the first one of the season. I think that they'll give enough looks to Jacoby Brissett to force him into some mistakes. It's a much better defense than the Raiders. And even though they're on the road, it will be a tougher matchup for them to win, considering that. But I think that they have enough talent to at least beat the Dolphins and get their first win. Yeah, yo, I think that Brian Flores is a very good head coach. I think so, too. I think so, too. Yeah, I definitely like that. I like the work that he's doing. I mean, I know that it's not starting off that well for him with Miami this season, mm-hmm. but I only think that that should, you know, let people think that he's not that good of a coach because he is, in my opinion. So let me see. Browns versus the Vikings. I think this is going to be a very high-scoring game, mm-hmm. um, but it's just going to be a matter of which defense could get a stop first. I think I'm going to have to go with the Browns here. I'm not really that big of a fan of Kirk Cousins, but, you know, we don't know if Dalvin Cook's going to be playing. Uh, he could be playing, but we don't know. Alexander Madison is a good back at running back, so I think that he'll be able to get the job done. But he, as Edwin said, I think we were talking before, you said that he's no Dalvin Cook. So, you know, missing Dalvin Cook could possibly be a factor in there, but they are going to still have Adam Thielen, Justin, Justin Jefferson. The Cleveland Browns, 
I think on offense, they do have better weapons, but at wide receiver, they are a bit short. Only Odell is there. Uh, Jarvis Landry is still on the IR, but Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb is going to take some pressure off of Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. And I think that the Browns defense with Miles Garrett coming off of four and a half sacks last week, Jadeveon Clowney on the other side, I think that they'll probably be able to get more stops than this Vikings defense will. Okay, so yeah, the Vikings defense is not really anything to talk about. And I think both teams will definitely rush the ball effectively, but it'll be an easier matchup for the Browns to take care of considering who they have on that defensive line. The Vikings are not really that great at stopping the run and it's shown throughout the whole entire season. Um, as, as opposed to the offense as a total, uh, as a whole, sorry. I The Browns, Baker Mayfield, I think he's going to make enough throws to win the game. Uh, they will get scored on that defense I'm talking about because, listen, Justin Jefferson is no joke. Neither is Adam Thielen. But it's going to be a tougher matchup to win because they're away from home. But I'm going to give it to the Browns here. Okay. Let's move on to Washington versus Atlanta. I'm going to go with the football team here. I think it's going to be like a low-scoring game. Uh, I think it will be a close game. Washington defense has not been as good as it was believed to be. Very disappointing so far from them. But yeah. the Falcons are just – I don't think that the Falcons are that good of a team. So, I mean, last time I went against the Falcons, I ended up losing. But I'm pretty confident that they don't beat two NFC East teams back-to-back. So, give me Washington here in, in a close game. Yeah, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Washington here too, you know, because I feel like even though they got dismantled by the Bills last week, for them to at least make that game much more competitive than it seemed to be early on, uh, I think they have enough tools to beat the Falcons. That defense line is going to tear that Falcons offense line apart. I expect them to. And the defense as a whole will get picked apart. You know, Matt, Matt Ryan is going to do his thing. Kyle Pitts hasn't really been involved, so I'm looking to him, looking for him to get involved more so in this offense this upcoming week. But yeah, the Washington football team here. Yeah, it's been a bit surprising Kyle Pitts' usage. I thought he'd be used a lot. Like, I expected him to get the ball a lot. Like, mm. Like, to me, he should have been – they lost Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. The new Julio Jones has come in because Kyle Pitts is a tight end slash wide receiver slash slot receiver. You can move mm-hmm. him around anywhere. Like, the yeah. guy can literally play four different positions. He could play on the outside, on both outsides, or on the slot, or it could be the mismatch at tight end. And out. I actually want the Giants to get him. I want the Giants to get a lot of people. But you Kyle do. Pitts <laughs> is an absolute unit. He is a monster. And I don't care nobody says, I still think that Kyle Pitts is going to break some kind of tight end rookie – record for something i don't i don't know what it's gonna be but i think that he'll break it um, he has some time he has some time but yeah, listen before yeah. we quickly move on antonio Gibson okay. will have a field day too because the falcons cannot stop the run as as good as any other team in the nfl so yeah i actually saw because i'm playing antonio gibson in fantasy football this week and i saw that okay. he was questionable so mm-hmm. and i think he didn't practice on wednesday last time i saw the day i don't know if he practiced mm-hmm. yesterday or I don't, I don't know if he's gonna practice today but he was questionable so hopefully he misses this game because I don't need to be going against that with this team that that they're playing. So, Mm. all right, let's move on. Um, Texans and Bills, talk to me. So, Texans will get smacked up. (laughs) Davis Mills, he had an okay showing last week. He played played good, actually, but this Bill defense is currently ranked top five so far. Actually, they're ranked fourth in in the league for defense totally. And it's going to be too much. Don't really have too much to talk about this game, but Josh Allen is going to be able to – pick apart this defense they have a high passing game high motor passing game and the texans you could basically hope for them to at least try and get a running game established but if that doesn't happen then it's gonna be a blowout for me what was it was it two weeks ago that the bills shut out the uh the the dolphins yeah 35 nothing 
Yep, I'm I'm looking for something like that. I don't think that the Texans get more than 10 points here, if anything. Like, like maybe they might get a field goal or something, but I would not be surprised maybe. if they don't. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, but, like, I won't be surprised if they get absolutely nothing from this game. Yes. And, yeah, going with the Bills here, not much to talk about. Moving on, Giants versus the New Orleans Saints. Oh, man. Giants 0-3. Saints are what? Give me the Saints. 2-1, I, I believe. Yes, um, Go ahead. Let me hear. Give me the Saints, seriously. Um, I, The Giants, see, they're playing desperate right now, seriously. And the Saints had a good win against the New England Patriots. I think the defense is definitely top-notch uh, so far, top-10 in league. The Giants' defense has been underperforming, and because of that, they're going to make guys like Antonio Callaway. Offense, too. Offense, too, yes. Underperforming you know, as well. But most of the defense, because defense actually did all right last year, you know, mm-hmm. as we both pointed out. But I think James Winston will have a, enough time to make all the right throws and right reads like he did last week against the Patriots. I'm not sure if he's going to have four touchdown passes, but, you know, it's going to be enough to get the win, especially at home, too. Uh, I hate gonna... mm-hmm. Oh, my fault. No, I'm okay, saying, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Go oh, ahead, go ahead. And I was saying, like, I hate going against my team, and I go against I, find it, I just find it hard to believe that the Giants are going to be 0 4. Like, come on, come effectively, That's new reality. effectively <laughs> uh, and we're healthy, we're healthy. There's no, there's no, you know, couple injuries. Well, okay, I, I know Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard, I think that they did go down last game, but generally, that's week three, okay. We should have mm-hmm. a win by now. I mean, come on. 0-4, the season's over. There's no chance of us making the playoffs, I don't think. I think, at best, you can just try to hope to be either 500 or maybe get above 500. And I don't think that we'll do that anymore because you like because now you're putting yourself in such a hole, like, oh, like 0-4. Like, it's – I have to go with the Saints here. They've been playing better. But I think that the Giants are a better team than the Saints. But our play calling is so trash. We have a better offense. In what department? Huh? In what department? I feel like our offense and on and on the defensive side. I think that we're a better team than the Saints. Yeah, I on mean, both sides. I think that they, we have they, more the weapons than them on offense. I mean, for, I mean, for the Saints offense, all, all that they have is Alvin Kamara. Really? That's like their only like home run weapon right now. Like there's no Michael Thomas. Um, I can't even name you their next up receiver, to be honest with you. On the defensive side of the ball, you know they, you know they do have, have uh, Lattimore, who's pretty now. solid. But then we also have James Bradbury, who's better than Marshawn Lattimore right now, coming off of last season. James oh, Bradbury is a top five. Stop, stop it! Stop it! Stop! stop. Oh my stop god! It. James Bradbury is a top five cornerback right now. He is. Stop he's it. not. He's not better than Marshawn. Where's Marshawn Lattimore ranked right now? Top oh five. Oh my gosh! Huh? Is Marshawn Lattimore top five right now? Ranked by yes. who? Ranked by who? In the NFL, like, would you put him top five? Of course I would. Of course. Why wouldn't I? Are you crazy? So where's he at in top five? Where's he at? He's probably like three behind Jalen Ramsey and and for me Jair Alexander. He's th- he's third. Yo, like, come, stop this nonsense. The Saints defense is much better than yours. Not not you. Come on now. Much better. Man, yes, it is. It is. They yes, they have a better safety. I mean, they have a they have a better. Yeah, they actually do have a better safety tandem than you guys. A better cornerback. You know, Malcolm Jenkins is not better than who you guys have right now. No, uh, Xavier McKinney. My goodness, he he breathes fear into the, the hearts Malcolm of offenses. Is better than Bro Peppers right now? Huh? 
Malcolm Jenkins is better than Jabril Peppers right now? It's debatable. Debatable. I'll say that. Debatable. I'll probably give the edge to Jabril Peppers right now. But Demar Davis really is better said, than all your linebackers. This man really said that Lattimore is a top five. Yo. Yo, he is. is. What the heck? And on okay. top of that, you want to go about offense? Saints offense is better. Offensive line is better than yours, right? The running back is better than yours right now. And the quarterback is better than yours. How how are you guys how are you guys matching up with this team? I don't understand. You you don't because you don't. oh okay one one we have a better running back room than the Saints because all that the Saints have again they don't even have Latavius Murray anymore. The, all all that they have is Alvin Kabara, right? Our receiving yeah, core is better than them. Their offensive line is not a great unit to be bragging about. They have an average offensive line, just like ours. It's very average. But I, okay, you, you can say, you can not say that they're better. It's not average. the Saints' offensive line is not average. It's it's not average. This is not no top ten line that's gonna be you know the force behind their powering offense. Are you kidding me? It, it's oh, come on now. Oh my gosh! It, this man said, average. "Yo, first off, bro, you're out your mind." James Bradbury is a much better cornerback than Marshawn Lattimore right Saints now. Saints offensive line is ranked fourth. By Ma- 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 Marshawn Lattimore is not crazy? even a top. What? Saints offensive line is ranked top five. So stop it. Stop. According it. to who? PFF. Oh my god, PFF. Oh my god, PFF. What metrics do PFF use? PFF. Because 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 is this the same PFF that had Dwayne Haskins rookie season as a higher grade than Daniel Jones, even though yes. Dwayne Haskins threw more interceptions than he than um yes. he did touchdowns? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Nobody really cares about PFF. I've never heard PFF used as an argument for anything except for except for people okay. on um, okay. Twitter. There's multiple. But the fact is, as I said, reports, we have a much better defense. Oh we, we have a much better defense yeah, than the Saints. You don't. Lattimore you don't. is not a top five cornerback. You, you don't. He's not a top five cornerback. Don't even ask me. To name, don't don't ask me to name. Don't ask me to name you five because I'm not thinking about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, look, since you, you like PFF so much, let's use PFF's top you five cornerbacks. Jair Alexander, Jalen Ramsey, Marlon Humphrey, you Xavier Howard, laugh. James Bradbury at five, Stephen Gilmore at six, but he's hurt. So we'll so we'll, so we'll take him out. Hold on. At seven, Tredavious okay. White. At eight, Denzel Ward. At nine, William Jackson. At ten, Marcus Peters. At eleven, Richard Sherman as a free agent. They have Richard Sherman ranked over sure. Lattimore. Hold on, wait. Sure. I'm not going to read this whole list. I wasn't done Lattimore. by Hold saying on. that. Did you, did you love PFF First, so much? I don't. I listen, 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 listen. Marshall I did not Lattimore. say only PFF. Marshall I said there were multiple Lattimore. reports of, of them having a better offense line than Yacht. Marshawn Lattimore oh is the God. 18th, the 18th ranked cornerback. Don't talk to me. He's below Joe Hayden. Stop it. Okay, William. Hold on. If if Lattimore's career was flipped in reverse order, there's a reasonable chance that he would be inside the he's top five. He's had the best coverage flip. as a cornerback since two, 2018. He's heading in the wrong direction. Is James like that? No. Lattimore's PFF grade no. has fallen from 86.1 as a rookie to 77.5 to 65.6 and then to 59.1. In three years since 2017, the seven touchdowns allowed in his coverage just this past season were tied for second most of any cornerback in the league. He still showcases lockdown man coverage ability at times, but has been less consistent of late. Stop it! Of late. Don't check. Okay. Since Stop 2017, 
his performances have dropped dramatically since okay, but he's had the highest cover grade since then, too, as well. No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. What that was what? cover grade according to who? Oh my goodness. According to who? Oh my goodness. I forgot the stat. I had it before, but I don't uh, have it now. I don't have it now. Ah, uh, this man's just oh my goodness, FC. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. Look, oh my goodness. You, you said oh my goodness go. about three times trying to think of a name to tell me. Oh my goodness. Here we go. James Bradbury, not better than Marshawn Lattimore. You, yo, you're just a hater. Because if James Bradbury was on the Jets, you would be saying that he's better than Marshawn Lattimore. Yo, you, yo, no, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. So I'm still, I'm oh still taking, God. I'm still taking Lattimore over him. He's much more yeah, okay. physical. He's a better cover corner, and to me, he does a better job of, of blanketing the, the wide receiver one. So listen, by all means, by all means, yo, nah, bro, you're funny. You're funny. No, you're funny. You're funny to think. You're funny to think that you guys have a better team than the Saints, which is hilarious to me. Very much so we, hilarious. I think on paper we do. I, I think that on paper means nothing. Saints, on paper means nothing if you can't. I think that would give the Saints the, the edge. Is there is their uh, coaching? I think you know Sean Payton is a much better coach than anybody that we have on our sideline doing anything. And I think that that will be the difference here. But I expect that to be a close game, though, Giants to Saints. I, I I I don't expect, like, a blowout or nothing like that. But, yeah, I think that we lose a close one. But I wouldn't be surprised if we do win. But I think if I'm being not biased, you have to go with the Saints here. But let's move on. Um, Chiefs versus Eagles. And James Bradbury has a – oh, my God. Anyways, forget it. Yes, Chiefs versus Eagles. Um, Chiefs will definitely bounce back. It's nothing really to talk about with the Eagles in terms of their t- attacking – Front Jalen Hurts, you know, he has to make better time throws than he did against the Cowboys last night. I mean, last night, last week. Um, but I think that defense will have trouble stopping that uh Chiefs offense. It's gonna be obvious that we see as the game goes on. So I'm going with Chiefs here. All right. Next week, yeah, and I'm also going with the Chiefs just to put that on record. Yeah, I think that the Eagles, as you said, it's not too much to talk about. Eagles are struggling right now. Chiefs look to get a bounce back win here. Uh, next, we have the Seahawks versus the 49ers. Personally, I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I think this game is going to be much closer. Uh, the 49ers defense has been okay. I mean, you know, they kind of held Aaron Rodgers in check where they made that game competitive. But to me, I think Seahawks lost last week, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, to the Vikings. Yes, and I think that they'll get a bounce back win here. I think, um, yeah, give me the Seahawks. Uh, give me the 49ers actually away from Ooh. home. Yeah, yeah, away from home. I think that the Seahawks will struggle. We finally but, have a difference. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be – they're going to put up points, yeah, but it's not going to be – I think that the 49ers have uh, a game plan enough to to mm-hmm. execute against the Seahawks defense. I mean, the Seahawks defense is ranked last so far in throughout three games. It's not mm-hmm. great at all. So, <laughs> you know, if you want to say that, and they're bottom of the league of, of stopping the run to their bottom of the league in, in terms of passing defense. Well, not really bottom, they're like kind of almost to the bottom. But anyways, it's, it's bad all around. So give me the 49ers here. Yeah, uh, the reason that I'm not going to really take into account the first three weeks, because they played some really explosive uh, offenses the first three weeks. And I don't think that the 49ers are, I think that the 49ers will be the easiest offense. The 49ers offense is pretty good, but I think that that'll be the easiest 
this offense that they've played so far. So since week one, because they did play the Colts, and I don't think their offense is all that. But then, you know, the Titans, explosive offense, and then Vikings with an explosive offense. So, you know, I, I do think that, you know, like the stats for like very early in the season could be a bit tricky because I think, you know, you have to kind of factor in. It takes context. Now, I think if, if this was like week 10, then, you know, I think that's a much more substantial claim. But so far, they have kind of went against two of the better offenses in the NFL, like two top 10 offenses, you can say. So, yeah, I, I'm still two pretty confident taking the Seahawks. I mean, look, I, I would okay. say that when healthy, the Vikings have a top 10 offense, and I'd say that when they healthy, do. the Titans do. I mean, you know, Julio Jones, a AJ Brown, Derrick Henry, and then Titans the Vikings. Titans not have a top 10 offense. No, no, not right now. But I'm talking about, like, on paper, like when healthy. Okay. Because you could, I, I mean, huh? <laughs> and neither do the Colts. So I, I know. I, I said that. No, I, I said, I, I said that the Colts, whoa. I said I said that the Colts. I said that this will be the um, second like worst offense that that they play because the Colts have the worst offense I think of these first four matchups. But like again, I think if you're looking at it from a team's point of view, I mean, you know, they play two pretty explosive offenses. You know, you have the Titans and you have and then you have the Vikings. Like that, like that. It's it's hard to game plan for those teams because they can either beat you through the air or on the ground. Like they're both two dimensional. Like it's not a one dimensional thing where you only have one game plan. Like it's hard to game plan for teams like that. So Debo Samuel is top five in the league with receptions. I mean, we have receiving yards. He's gonna have a field day against that secondary once again. Again, again, it's week three. You're looking at stats. I'm not. I just said I'm not worried about stats right now. It's only week four. Week like, four. yeah, yeah. The season it really yeah, just started. Right. Like, so I yeah no. I, I'm not really. Yeah. I'm not really worried about the stats so far. I put the Seahawks to win this game. Though. All right, go ahead. I think 49ers had – you could say that the 49ers have had maybe, you know, a much easier schedule. You can say that, but you play so, with the I mean, So, so again, you know – so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you only play this in front of you, but then I also think that that gives you context in terms of, well, why the 49ers look so good and why the Seahawks stats don't look as good because I, I think that they've played two different kinds of opponents so far. You know, 49ers playing the Lions and the Eagles. So – yeah, but basically, we'll see though. We'll see. I think it'll be a good game though. Not, you know, I'm not saying that it'll be like a dominant win from the Seahawks or anything like that. Uh, Cardinals versus the Los Angeles Rams. You want me to go? All right, I'll go first. I'm gonna go with the Rams here. I was gonna pick the Cardinals, but DeAndre Hopkins is still battling that rib injury, and he wasn't that effective last week versus the Jaguars. So I can't see him being effective, especially if Jalen Ramsey is gonna be is gonna be shadowing him. For most of the game, I don't know if he does shadow, but I would think that that he follows their best receiver. So, yeah, I can't really see them winning this game uh, with DeAndre Hopkins if he's not playing at 100 percent. But I think that this will be a very close game, though. I don't think that the Rams will just blow, blow them out, but it's giving the Rams here. <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins is going to be the reason he would he were to be the reason as to why this game would be favored for the Cardinals. Hell no. You crazy. Listen, the Rams defense is the fastest in football right now, right? That's that's number one. Number two, when was the last time the Cardinals beat the Rams? When was the last time? They're, they are 8-0, I believe, against the Rams since Sean McVay came into the helm. So this Cardinals team gives me no hope coming on the road uh, against a, a team that's, to me, the best in the NFL right now, best top five defense in the NFL, and top five offense, too, as well, too. So listen, it's not going to be a good game for the Cardinals Kyler Murray, all that running that he had in the past three weeks is not going to be available to him this coming week. 
and whatever pass game that they hope to execute, it's going to be neutralized. So give me the Rams here. So where hold on, so you're talking like it's going to be a blowout here. I did not say it. So no. you're saying all those big words, the passing game is going to be neutralized. They're not going to be so so they're not going to be able to get anything going. Their passing game is going to be neutralized, but it'll be a close game. I didn't say it's going to be a close game. So <laughs> did, did you hear me say that? Because you're talking, <laughs> because, you're talking because you're talking like the 49ers. No, that's 49ers. You're talking like the Arizona Cardinals are like bums or something. It's it's going to be 30-20. And that's giving me and that's because I have respect game? the Cardinals enough. To give him 20, yes. I think it'll be a little bit higher than that. I think some like I think 30, 20, I think that bro. the Rams will score over 30 points. I think and I think I mean I, I, think, I think that's a, huh? Something. <laughs> 31 20, bro. I would definitely take the over, depending on what the over is for that game. Um, okay, hold on. I don't get why. Really All right, Steelers versus game? Packers. Nah. Now this. This is a game that I don't know who the hell to pick. Something's telling me go with the Steelers there, though. Something's telling me go with the Steelers. Like it, but then at the same time, huh? Go ahead, go ahead. Oh yeah, but then something's telling me if you go with the Steelers, Aaron Rodgers is gonna turn up on that defense. Now, look, I don't care. I'm gonna pick the Steelers here. Um, I think that the Steelers, you, I don't think that they're gonna look bad consistently this much. I think you look at what the Saints did week one. The Steelers can possibly do that. Steelers have a better defense than the Packers as well. So maybe that defense wakes up. So in what in what world? What I'm saying, maybe they wake up this week. They like they have the pieces to wake up. TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, uh Joe Hayden. Um, they also have um what's the guy's name? Uh Edmonds. Like, like they have pieces there. They, they just got to just start playing like last year. I mean, it's not like this is a completely new defense. So, I mean, they could wake up this week. Yeah, I, I'm not saying that they will. I, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that they will do it, but I'm saying offensive side of the ball, they have, I would say that they have equal amount of weapons or maybe even more weapons than what the Packers do. I mean, you know, you have Najee Harris. That's like kind of equivalent like Aaron Jones, but then they also have Claypool, Juju, Deontay Johnson, whereas the Packers, they have to over-rely on, on Devontae Adams, and then Randall Cobbs is like their second receiver. So, I mean, like, this could be a matchup where the defense finally does come through for them. So, I'm going to go with the Steelers here. You're, you're naming all those all those weapons to, to come to find out that Najee Harris has no running game, no blocking from him, right? That's one. And two, the Steelers' wide receiving core leads the league in drops this year. So, they're not even being effective as they should have been uh, this past couple of weeks. So give me the Packers here. One, you that foul and, and drops? Yes, they do. Mm, they I do. I did not know that. I haven't seen yeah. that. Yeah. So give give me the Packers here at home. Aaron Rodgers. Um, yes, TJ Watt is going to yeah. be a factor into the game because he's just a, that kind of breed. We get that. But the Packers are playing with more energy, more confidence right now. That win against the Fernandez was much needed because if they didn't get that win, then maybe I would be leaning towards a much more favorable game for the Steelers to win. But mm-hmm. since they got that win, it's not going to be a game where I picked the Packers to lose. So give me the Packers here. All right. And next, we have the Ravens and the Broncos. Now, I think I could be pretty confident here in going with the Ravens. But you can give a breakdown, though. I don't really have too much to say. <sighs> give me the Broncos. Whoa! What? I did not expect. It. I did not give, expect. Give me that. the Broncos here. Um, I, did not I, I like the defense. That. 
I like the defense. I like uh, Von Miller coming off that edge. Um, I think that the defensive line is going to be good enough to stop the run, you know, whatever run that they have. And they're going to have to rely on Lamar Jackson to pass the ball, which I think the Broncos have enough pieces back there to do a good job of covering. Uh, Patrick Sertan is having a good year. Uh, Justin Simmons is, is is doing good on the back end. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, yes, he's going against a good defense in the Ravens, who they've been all right this year. Haven't been the best, but they've been all right. They're not top 10 as it stands right now. But, you know, Teddy Bridgewater will make all the right throws enough to, to get the offense moving. They may be able to run the ball effectively, which is what they've been relying on this past couple of weeks. So giving the Broncos here at home. Don't forget that Rashad Bateman comes back this week off of the uh, IR for the Ravens as well. So that gives them, you know, a little extra dimension there passing the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just think that the Ravens are just too – okay, so see, the reason I said I didn't really have too much to say about this because I just assumed that you'd go with the Ravens as well. But now that you went, to get, went with the Broncos, I think that the Ravens are just – you just don't know how to defend them. And even though the Lions had a pretty good game against them last week, you know, stuff like that just happens. You know, like sometimes like you can't always come out and score a lot of points. That's just not how football works. You know, sometimes the teams are going to play you well. But to me, the Ravens are just too hard to defend against because obviously, you know, that their focal point is going to be Lamar Jackson. But he can either beat you through the air or he can beat you running the ball. Uh, So I think it's going to just be too much for the Broncos to contain. I think that they're not going to be able to rush as much. Like, I don't think that Von Miller is really going to be. Like, obviously, he's always a factor, but I'm saying is that I don't really think that he'll be able to dictate the game as much because I don't really think that he'll be able to really catch Lamar Jackson. You get like what I'm trying to say? Because I think he's going to move, move around too much. Now, you can't just mm. defend the run because then if you defend the run, then you have to worry about, you know, players like Sammy Watkins and Hollywood Brown who have, we've seen this season, that they've been able to get downfield for big, you know, yards. So I feel like it's going to keep the Broncos' defense very honest. And I think that the Ravens will kind of control the tempo of the game more so. And that's why I think that they'll win the game. But, you know, I do think that it will be a close game, though. Not anything, you know, crazy. All right. All right. Next, we do have the – who is this? The Buccaneers versus the Patriots. Okay, I'm pretty sure that we're going to agree here. Revenge week. Revenge week. Yes, Tom Brady coming back to the Patriots. Slap these boys up. But I will say this, though. The emotions – that he will have going back to Foxborough. We cannot dispute that and we cannot overlook that because listen, he's been there for the past 20 years and he came to Buccaneers town and won Super Bowl. Now he's going back to his old team, his old stomping ground. He's going to be on the other side of the sideline this time, which is going to be a totally different atmosphere for him. So the Buccaneers will win off a of talent. But if let's say, for example, the Patriots had enough talent to make this game competitive, I would lean more so the Patriots this time because they know Tom Brady, they know the system. He knows the system as well, too, but I'm sure Bill Belichick would draw out some concepts on and plays on defense that would try to confuse him and give him something different than what he's been used to seeing for the past 20 years. But give me the, the, the Buccaneers here. Okay. All right. So, Bucks. Yeah. So, you said all, all, all that to still go with the Bucks. All right. Nice. It's important. Now, the context is important behind it. No. I'm going, yeah, Bucks, and I don't think it's going to be that close. Bro. I, I don't think it'll be that close. I don't think that the Patriots offense. No, I actually don't. I mean, Patriots defense is weakened. And I know that the Bucks defense is not all that, especially that secondary. But with Richard Sherman there, they are a little bit boosted. Um, And Mac Jones, again, as we talked about earlier, he's not somebody that's going to look for big plays, really. So, you know, I expect the uh, I expect that the Patriots offensive tempo is going to be too slow. And I think that the Bucks are going to pull away early. And I think that that'll just kind of like, you know, 
bad and like the game will kind of just carry on. I, I just don't think that the Patriots are good enough on the offensive side of the ball to keep up with the Bucks, and they do have Ant- Antonio Brown coming back next week. I mean, well, no, okay. this week. So you know, and I, I don't know if Rob Gronkowski's playing because I know that he did go down last week. So we have to see, have but to even match. without Rob Gronkowski, they're going to have Cameron Brait. So, yeah, I think that the Bucks' offense is just too much, and I think that their defense will force um, Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones has like a two interception kind of night. Mm-hmm. But I actually, you know what? I actually do not like this game for Sunday Night Football. I don't like this game, but I, I get it. You know, the storyline, like <clears throat> you know, but like, I don't know. Like, I always want kind of like two good teams to be playing each other on like primetime games. Like, that's how I feel about it. Like, I don't like that the game that we have to watch has the possibility of being a game that's not that close. But just so we can talk about, oh, yeah, Tom Brady's back in Foxborough. Who mm-hmm. the hell cares? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, um, Raiders versus Chargers. Yes. Uh, give me, give me the Chargers. I think that okay. the Raiders will taste defeat this season for the first time against the Chargers. I think that Justin Herbert, Mike Williams, yeah. And again, I'm not a big believer in the Raiders. So, so the Raiders, I'm give, I'm going with the Raiders. Give me the Raiders here. Yes. Oh, wow. Because you see, last week Peyton Barber rushed for over a hundred yards against the Dolphins defense that wasn't really good at stopping the run. And now he may rush for over 100 yards again because the Chargers defense is dead last in stopping the run. All right. And on top of that, listen, guys, for, for all those listening out there, yes, the Chargers are a really good offense. They're a really good team. But the Raiders, for me, they are also an adequate offense as well, too. And we've seen in the past uh, three weeks. And they found ways to pull out games and wins these past couple of weeks. I mean, field goals, walk-off field goals. The walk-off touchdowns, those are all important to how a team can get the job done despite whatever uh, circumstances that they may be facing at that point. So they're home, give me the Raiders, divisional game. And if this was in Los Angeles, I would be different as opposed to picking a team. But I like the Raiders here in this matchup, so give me them. Okay. Finally, you know, mo- you know, look, towards the end, we do have some some deciding vic yo. Yes. Look, finally. We do have some matchups that, you know, can make or break my lead or give Edwin the lead here or push him further back. So, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a very interesting week 4. And yeah, man, let's head over real quick before we end off this podcast to the other side of the pond. Mm. Okay, so obviously mm-hmm. the other side of the pond means the ocean. I don't really get where that saying the pond came from. Me but either. yeah, the other side of the ocean, we're going to Europe. You know, you ever been to Europe? No, I haven't. I wish. I wish. Okay, yeah, not same. Same. I mean, real quick, if you can go to one country in Europe, which country would you go to? Ooh. You you, you only England? pick one. England? England? Mm. I don't know if I go to England, bro. Like, It'd be tied between tried. England and France. Ooh. Well, I mean, if you go to England, then you could theoretically go to France because it's it's like how we take the train in New York, like mm-hmm. how it's like a 30, 20 minute train ride. That, that's kind of like yeah. how it is from England to France. I think it's like a 30, 40 minute train ride. Yeah. 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 OK. Exactly. Now, nah, I think I I think I, I think I go Spain. Spain. I mean, OK, for sports reasons, I pick England for, if it's oh, for sports. Yes. But yes. I'm talking about more so just, you know, just, you know, like luxury, you know, just go travel, you know, France. nice little vacation. Yeah, like nothing but sports. I think I'm France. going to England. I mean, no. What the hell? Spain. Spain is really good, too. I, w- I would definitely want to go to Spain. So yeah. just because, you know, it's like the weather is good. The weather you know, is good. You know, it's nice. I mean, you know, like, you know, like uh, in England, like England just always looks sad as hell. It's just 
It's raining. Mm-hmm. It's cold. And like raining. Yeah, it looks sad. You know, like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be sad. All right. Mm-hmm. But look, Champions League this week. Uh, we definitely were not able to talk about some of well, no, we actually we actually gave our predictions for yeah. uh the Wednesday's games, mm-hmm. but we weren't able That's to talk it. about it. So let's talk about some Wednesday uh matchups really quickly. Atlanta versus Young Boys, Atlanta did win one nil. Zenit oh, versus Malmo. Zenit won four nil. Yes. Wolfsburg versus Sevilla. Uh, drew one one. Bayern slapped up Dynamo. Uh, key five nil. I remember I predicted four nil. I forgot what you said. Um, I think I think you th- agreed with me. Four one. Oh, four one. Okay, okay, yeah, they did win five nil. Um, RB Salzburg two <laughs> one versus Lil. And surprising, mm. Juventus beat Chelsea one yeah, nil. Another game wow. in a row that Chelsea. Uh, only had well, no. Chelsea had one shot on target. That's not mm. good enough, especially a team that's featuring Lukaku, Hakeem Ziyech, and Kai Havertz. I mean, you know, you expect more going forward offensively. And Juventus yeah. and Syria yeah. A are about the ninth or tenth team. I mean, they're a big team, but they've been struggling so far. So that yeah. was a pretty surprising result, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It I don't was, know if you watched the game or not, though. I, I did, okay. I did, and you know, the strike by Chiesa was enough. Before halftime, also I'm sorry, after halftime, I believe. Yeah, um, it was but, like it was like 10 seconds like after halftime or something. Yeah, exactly. It's so quick. I was really surprised at how they were able to defend properly. And he's a baller. listen, you said what? He's a baller. He is a baller. He is a baller. He is a baller. But yeah, I don't have much to say about that. All right. Now another surprising result. Benfica slapped up Barcelona 3-0. Not surprising. Very surprising. All. Ronald Coleman's job is is I think that he's fired after uh, after this week. Not after surprising. this weekend. What was surprising was how quickly they scored into the game. I would say that, but not surprising because yeah. Barcelona are terrible away from home. Like they they drew against uh, Kades in the league. But at I the same don't... time, though, but but okay, that's true. But at the same time, though, you still would have to say that, it, like you know, that it is surprising giving the squads that play against each other. I mean, you know, Barcelona's squad is far better than Benfica's. You know, so, uh, side. You know, like Benfica, they're starting Nicholas Otamendi. And Vertonghen from Tottenham. You're like you remember those, those guys, like of and yeah. Rivalry, so like you know, like you know, like those are players who kind of couldn't play at the highest level in terms of the you know one of the top five leagues anymore. So they went to Benfica because Portugal is a much easier league, you would say. So it was much easier for them to uh, adopt there. So I mean, like this Benfica team is not all that. So I I definitely do think that it's surprising. Maybe it's not surprising that Barcelona lost, but it's I not. think to lose, three, but I think to lose three nil is very surprising. Okay, that's surprising. Yes. Considering right. the squad quality, because Barcelona's yes, yes, squad yes. is is way better than Benfica's. Ooh, so you don't, you know, way really ever, better. You know, I don't know. Like, I mean, like, I mean, like, let's be real. If I ask you to name me Benfica's starting like striker every week, like who's their or or okay, or who's Benfica's best player? Let's be real here. We'd have to seriously sit here and and do some research real quick. I like Rafa. Who? Rafa. Rafa who? Silva? His name is just Rafa. (laughs) His name is just Rafa. (laughs) (laughs) I like Rafa. Oh, man. And let's move on to Man United versus Villarreal. Villarreal should have won that game, man. CR7. On behalf of all rival fans, thank you, CR7, for saving Oligan Solskjaer's job. Round of applause for him. Yes. Yes, because listen, he he, <laughs> yo, Villarreal scored first that game. I thought it was going to be another shocker, but they came back. A nice strike by Alex Telles to equal it up. 
And then CR7, the 90th minute. Come on, man. Ugh, I hate it. I mean, it was good and bad for me, Will, because, listen, I hated the fact that, that they won the game. But also, like you just said, I'm happy that Aldi Gunnar Solskjaer is still in, in a job. So, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and it's, you know, it's kind of making me think, did Arsenal make a mistake by getting rid of Unai Emery? Because that Villarreal squad is not that good. And he's won a Europa League with them. And he has them competing in Champions League with, like, mm-hmm. with some of the big boys here. Mm-hmm. No, Unai like, maybe, is, yeah. like maybe if we backed Unai Emery as much as we backed Arteta, we probably wouldn't even be in a situation right now. Maybe, 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 maybe not. I don't know. Maybe. But his his tactics got to a point where it was just like, what are you doing for me? So same with Arteta, but we can't get rid of him right now. So, so. <laughs> We're stuck. We're stuck. Yeah, we are stuck. And that does wrap up the results from the Champions League. Look, we're going to have a good week of uh, soccer ahead. If, if 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 you guys do watch, make sure to wake up early tomorrow because Man United do play tomorrow at 7.30. You know, you have Atletico Madrid versus Barcelona tomorrow as well over there in Spain. And then we also have um, – who else we have? Uh, on Sunday, we have Man City versus Liverpool. So, you know, some oh, good yeah. matchups coming up. You know, very exciting. So, if you are into soccer, make sure to – check out that now yo guys over time 25 minutes over that's okay though we had a lot to talk about but let's just end it off here bro do you have anything that you want to say before we close this was a great episode once again a great episode i loved it you know continue to support the mandem because the mandem up there you know and yeah i'm out All right, Edwin bringing the energy as per usual, guys. Yeah, definitely make sure to um, leave a like wherever you guys are watching this podcast at. Don't forget to follow us wherever you you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to check out Nuts and Bolts Sports and SportsDaily.media. And we'll catch you guys on Monday where my lead over Edwin will be by about four after his picks for these NFL games. And we're out.